0: friends, this is Amelia Robinson from Dayton.com and you have found the What Had Happened Was podcast. Boy, do I have some fun in store for you today. I sat down with my buddy Joe Head from the Century Bar just before he celebrated his 20th anniversary at that fine downtown Dayton establishment. Now you may not know this about Joe, I mean people know a lot of things about Joe, but you may not know that he used to be a little punk. I mean he told me himself that he was kind of a little, little, little jerk, little... little hard to handle i mean he told me that he was a little much back in the day so i am not talking smack about joe head wouldn't do it not for any potato in the world maybe for all the potatoes in the world but you know what time has a way of changing people and joe grew up at the century bar and he tells us all about it now he is dayton's bourbon ambassador to the world I mean he is a Kentucky colonel we're going to talk about that as part of this podcast we get into a lot of stuff we also get into Century's plans for a new speakeasy you're not going to want to miss this place the what had happened was podcast is a product of Dayton.com brought to you by our good friends over at Cox Digital Marketing a trusted name in advertising for generations Cox Digital Marketing can develop a custom solution based on your digital marketing needs of course you can find this podcast Get it, love it, subscribe to it, do whatever on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever else you find podcasts. Enough of the blabbing. Here is my talk with Joe Head from the Century Bar. All right, so hey, Joe, how's it going? Good, how are you? Living a dream every single day mm. in Dayton, Ohio. So what have you been up to?
1: Uh, nothing. Just uh, picking whiskey and getting things ready for this new adventure.
0: So you've been at the century for about what twenty years or something?
1: February first will be my twentieth anniversary at the century. My business partner Diane is having a bit throwing a big twentieth mm-hmm. anniversary party for me. So inviting up some of my friends from Kentucky and some distillers and some friends in the business. So uh, we'll crack some interesting bottles open that night that we've been saving back for it, and it'll, it'll be a big party.
0: How'd you even get into being a bartender and now an owner?
1: Like a lot of people, I bartended down. At, I went to Hawking College. And all my friends went to OU. You know, they're no Go what?
0: Bobcats. Yeah,
1: right. They're what? You know, like, you know, 10, 15 minutes apart. I got a job when I was in college, uh, bartending at the greenery. And uh, I just fell in love with the bar business, truthfully. When, and then, you know, started picking up more shifts and bartending like every chance. I was, Did like, you just say the greenery? It's a true story. Because You're taking
0: me way back, man. man. We're
1: not young people. It's true. I'm
0: very young. It's
1: true. My buddy and I actually went down <laughs> to Athens for a Shooter Jennings concert. Hell, this has been like 10 years ago, you know. And, uh, you know, we pull into Athens, and I'm like, you know, haven't been back in years. I'm like, oh, man, like, this is where this is, this is where that's at. And I was, you know, the greenery was the Blue Alligator. It was a restaurant, Uh which made me giggle because I know what I did in there, and I would not eat there. So we drive down the street, and there's a BW3s. On the side of the BW3s, it says Throwback Wednesday, the greenery night.
0: Oh, my goodness. So we got a big
1: kick out of that. I'm a Throwback. That was 10 years ago. so
0: Yeah, we used to go to Night out. What was the one dance club that was there? Um, Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon was my jam. We used we, would,
1: to... we would go to the drug out.
0: The dugout, mm-hmm. yeah. It was a Nickelodeon, the union, and sometimes we go to the dugout, but that was not really my spot. No. We used to go turn it up. Yeah. <laughs> now, you have a very kind of unusual background, too, because you were an athlete, right?
1: Yeah, I played soccer. That was my priority for a long time. I had a lot of fun doing it, met a lot of great people.
0: How but... far did you go in it?
1: Uh, not far. We just played like a local pub league. You know, played a little bit in college, and then uh, local pub league was kind of what we did. And we had a lot of fun. and met a lot of great people. But you know, at some point, you know, you get too old for running around on Sunday mornings.
0: When did you stop playing?
1: When I was 33 or 34. Uh, you know, you can't do my job with a broken leg and at the end of the day. You know what I mean? It's some, it's some, those things, you know, start getting hurt. and. You know, you were rubbery in your twenties and then you start getting in your thirties and you get a little less rubbery. So it was just time for me. I have some some of my buddies all still play, play over forty. Fantastic, good for those guys, but not for you. That dog does not hunt over here. No, no ma'am, I'm done.
0: So for people who've never been to the Century, what is the Century bar like? Uh, the Century uh I mean it's been a
1: lot of things over the years but well to you know what we are currently what's made us famous is I, I think we're just a place for grown-ups to go have a drink. And that was always kind of our goal was like, you know, we got to an age where it was like, you know, the bars on Fish Street are fantastic, but they're just geared for a younger person or you know what I mean, or just things you start not being into in your 40s. So we just wanted to just take a step back and look at ourselves and we just wanted to be a place where grown-ups can, you know, get dressed nice for an evening and go have a drink in downtown and you know no tvs and no jukebox we pump in the 1920s music we just want people to step back you know people thank me every time i go in there for not having tvs Because you, know, you sit at the bar and you see everyone's talking to each other and just kind of come back to a time where we slow down a little bit, put the phones in our pocket.
0: Yeah, and I remember when you made the switch to from like what the century was. What was it like before? You've been there the whole time. Was it was like- uh,
1: I mean, the last incarnation was like a heavy metal dive bar. I mean, uh, we had fun. You know, we played Slayer and Waylon Jennings and mm-hmm. we were rowdy <laughs> and we had sports on the TVs. And it was a great time. You know, it was a and that incarnation was probably like a five or six year run. Had a great time and it was a different, a different time. We were younger people, you know. What's fun in your thirties and twenties isn't necessarily fun in your forties.
0: That's a big uh, shift. How did you convince Diane to, you know, take this idea you had and run with it?
1: Yeah, no, no secret, you know, when we started a, that process, I was an employee, not a, not a business partner mm-hmm. as I am today. I think we took a step back, you know. I went on vacation that year in 2011, and, you know, when my wife and I went to a bar you know i sat there and i thought to myself like why is that there and why is that over there And why does that cost so much or why didn't she just grab that or why didn't he do that or why wouldn't they have this or so for me when i go to a bar it's different i i see it differently it's not fun necessarily it's more of like you know when you research a little bit yeah when you go to somewhere another radio station or a newspaper it's it's a different you're seeing it differently you know you have more questions and answers probably when you leave uh so that's kind of what happened to us When I came home, I figured, you know, maybe someone works in the bar business forever. You know, there's Mm -hmm. lots of people who do it. And maybe it's me who does that. So I went back and I've always been a bourbon drinker. I we kind of researched it and was like, you know, we could double our bourbon selection and not really put a ton of money into it and you know, be focused. Like we had a pool room in the back, and I you know I asked her, I was like, you know, when was the last time you went back there? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I never go back there. I'm like, We both run a business and there's a space neither of us have any interest in going into. So I think that kind of helped her take a step back and you know, and she kind of saw things differently as well. And her brothers, to be honest, are big bourbon fans. Okay. And they were big fans of of mine and I think the concept of changing, so I think it all kind of a perfect storm. I think there's without their support, would probably have been a lot harder of a decision mm-hmm. to make. I mean, we didn't agree the whole way, you know, but I just had a vision, and I, you know, for me, I thought this is what we need to do. Uh, I was just real determined and and organized, and and to her credit, she was ready for a change, and it's been nothing but great. It's you know, obviously it's exceeded all of our expectations, right? But at the end of the day, this is what we wanted to do. And
0: one of the things you told me the other day, which I thought was really cool, you said this is you're living the bartender's dream, where you like start off as a bartender, you kind of like stay with a place and become an owner.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I 100 this is the bartender's dream. You know, I've done every single. I've been a door guy, I've been mm-hmm. a bar back, I've been a bouncer. I you know bartended and all sorts of different kinds of bars but you know i i never would have guessed that a the 23 year old me would be sitting here you know as 43 year old i made a ton of mistakes i grew mm-hmm. up in the century you know and that was and, and it was i've said it before that was a way bigger job than i was capable of or probably even deserved you know when tony trick you know he he and i were good friends and he brought me to, he'd been at the century for nine years and he knew he was leaving so you know he brought me into the century and when he's last night, he told Diane, you know, this kid's rough, but he's your future. Oh, really? So I mean, he saw it, you know. He you know he's always been fond of me. We've been we've been friendly. Uh, Tony Trick, I mean, the legendary downtown bartender. Mm-hmm. I mean, I learned everything from him. You know, he went to Dublin Pub. I the Beck, and he was over there for another ten or fifteen years, and now he uh does spent grain over at Wortwing Wing, the kitchen there. That's his. So that was kind of his dream to get mm-hmm. out of the bar business and and do some food so i mean he's
0: yeah tony does a really cool job over uh, yeah and he's living his dream too but i you know
1: i owe a ton to him you know he you know he got me my opportunity one day a week at the century all those Mm -hmm. years ago but that's absolutely the goal i i stuck in it somewhere i mean and we like to think and i think that speaks to diane and who Mm -hmm. she is as a person that i've been with her for 20 years tim's been with us for 12 years and then nick and uh jared have to be coming up on 10 years i mean nine anyway uh our newest employee kelly she's been with us for two years okay so i mean you know ryan's been with us for a couple years or three years now maybe longer so you know that speaks to her that you know people stay and this is a business with a lot of turnover and we have zero turnover
0: what did you think you wanted to be when you were going up when you were at hockey
1: um, I, I was in the criminalistics program when I, my dad was a park ranger and my uncles were caught. Co- my uncle was a cop. Uh, I wanted to be a park ranger ideally, but people don't give that job up until they die on mm-hmm. the job. You know, you get a nice house out in Yosemite somewhere and
0: you're in charge of all those acreages. <laughs> well, you could have kept the same beard probably. If you it's would. <laughs> true. It's
1: true. Uh, maybe I had kept my hair in it's cold out there, I guess. Um, But that was what I wanted to do is be like a park ranger. But then if I had a law enforcement degree, that would have just been easier. You know, if I didn't get a park job, I could always be a police officer. But uh, my uncle's cousin or uncle's co-workers, when he was a city of Marine police officer, they all strongly urged me to find a different profession that, you know, they just saw the even 25 years ago, 30 years ago, they saw the change and, you know, it was going to be a way harder job in the future and maybe something they wouldn't recommend someone get into. So I just fell in love with neon lights and late nights and bars. And that's what happened to me. I got the bug and never lost it.
0: So were you like a little scrappy little punk or were you like, um, what were you like serious guy?
1: Yeah, uh, it's probably arrogant and cocky. <laughs> Truthfully, you know, uh-huh. I probably wasn't not proud of that guy. Um, I had long hair and, and, you know, like the grateful dead. And, you know, I look like one of those kind of kids, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, you know, probably probably arrogant. Not a very nice guy. Not a
0: nice kid, but just yeah. kind of like a jerk a little bit. <laughs> probably a, <laughs> little, a little jerky, not to everyone,
1: but certainly there's sure there's people somewhere not fond of me
0: people see you now that you're like this ambassador for bourbon in dayton like what 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 made you change that whole persona or change the way you thought about life your whole perspective would you say
1: you know like i said that vacation that year just changed things and then when i really got into it and, and then it sort of just became something i recognized that i might have had a gift for you know like getting in front of people talking to make me nervous and i retain the information and they seem to People seem to like it and entertain. When I entertain them with these blind bourbon tastings, and but I kind of just fell in love with it too. So then I kind of created my own job, and I would kind of laugh about it all the time. Like mm-hmm. out of thin air, I created this job where you know I get to do stuff like this. And I don't know what happened. It just, so you
0: never even imagine you could you be this guy now from that kid who was kind of like a little little a hole. Let's just say it. True, true <laughs> a story. Bit, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, he wasn't the best person. Who would have ever known? My, yeah. my wife will laugh about it sometimes. Like, it's just, she'll ask me before I go to an event, like, what are you talking about tonight? I'm like, I have no idea. She's like, that makes me sick to my stomach. But for me, you know, I, you know the information and right. I know how to talk to people and you can re- you read a room, mm-hmm. you know, some people want you to cut up and don't care if you talk dirty and other people want you to
0: be a little straight, be little, a little, little straighter. You got to read the point room. Yeah. Every now
1: and again, you make a mistake. You know, someone get up, you can see them upset, but yeah, that's what it is.
0: Just popping in really, really, really quickly to remind you that you're listening to the, what had happened was podcast. And I'm Amelia Robinson. I also wanted to tell you about a brand new feature that I want to bring to the podcast. The show is all about telling Dayton stories, and I want to share yours. Hit me up on Facebook with your best What Happened Was story. Make it funny or touching or whatever you want to make it. Just make it a What had Happened Was story. And as a little added bonus, see how many times you can work What had Happened Was in the story. Type it up or send it as a digital file. You know, float your own boat, however you want to get it to me. But keep it short. If you would, I'll be working the funniest ones into the podcast. What had happened was, it's sponsored by Cox Digital Marketing. They have solutions for all your advertising needs. Okay, back to the show with Joe. So was it easy to sell, um, Dayton, on the whole idea of like, oh, we have a bourbon bar. We didn't have like bourbon culture here. And now Century Bar is like one of the most written about places in the country as far as bourbon, right?
1: Yeah, Um, I didn't think it was a hard concept. I thought, you know, mm-hmm. bourbon, we saw bourbon coming on the rise. I mean, if you go back and look from 2011 to today, bourbon has grown in every market in the Mm -hmm. country, uh, and especially in this area. And, you know, if you think about our friends who live in L.A., you know, it's a two-hour drive for them. Well, that's one way to work. Mm-hmm. We take it for granted here, you know. Inglewood's whopping forty minutes from here, and too far. Oh my god, it's too far. <laughs> how could I? How could I ever be bothered to go all the way to Inglewood?
0: Well, fifteen minutes. I need to bring a snack. You know, I'm like, is there a restaurant <laughs> on the way?
1: <laughs> Am I gonna run out of gas? <laughs> it's true. We, you know, Dayton. We just see it differently. I mean, we're from the heart of the bourbon industry. We're just two hours and 15, 20 minutes if you're from I live Southtown, so it's not a long drive. Absolutely, and this is bourbon country, and it's. I think people. Uh, People today want to drink less and they want to drink better. So you don't see, you know, I don't think you see people drinking 15 kamikazes and five pitchers of beer. I think people, you know, we just see things as the consumers are just a bit smarter. You know, everybody wants to know their dinner, had dinner at last night. Once upon a time, Applebee's was a local restaurant. We see things differently today. I think it's in the drinking culture. We're certainly seeing people are taking it more seriously.
0: You just get, like, elected. I don't know if you're elected or not. I don't know how you became a Bourbon County uh, colonel or something. Right? Oh, Kentucky
1: colonel. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's not the thing. Yeah, Kentucky colonel. You Kentucky get nominated colonel. by okay. another colonel. Uh, Michael Veach was sweet enough. to He nominated me. Uh, and so that's how you become a colonel And what
0: is that so it's like an honorary title it's the highest honor
1: uh, any uh, civilian can be given by the governor of the state of kentucky
0: so you just say it like so flippantly it's just the highest honor that any civilian well because
1: there's a lot of colonels every time you, <laughs> every time you say you're a colonel there's like 12 <laughs> people room like yeah, i'm a colonel too like, it
0: doesn't
1: quite feel as special as it did five minutes ago but no it's a great honor and uh you know just one more thing you know ties us, ties me more to bourbon. Like, you know, bourbons up, it's a lifestyle, you know, you know, the way you dress, the, even you find the music, like there's just, it's just such a big community and it's a warm community and it's a grow, every day the community grows.
0: Now, was it hard for you to be like, uh, integrated into that whole culture? though are the, were they like jerks not jerks, but kind of like. Oh no,
1: no, they weren't snobby at all. They, they accepted us. Like I said, I think we got in early I think now if you were, to, you were to say you're opening a bourbon bar, it would take a longer to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. I think since we were in it so early and the community was just smaller, we were accepted right away, you know. If you were to do this today from scratch, it would be a lot harder because mm-hmm. there was so much more competition and so many more people that are knowledgeable.
0: And it's, like, more trendy too now, so you have probably people who don't actually have that passion for it, sort of trying to do it, right?
1: The, uh, us, me and the liquor reps will joke, you know, uh, Every bar in Dayton who isn't happy with what they're doing now wants to carry a big bourbon selection. Okay. Yeah, you know, and flattery. You know, that's that's the ultimate power of that saying is about flattery. But that's you start to see that people follow trends. You know, this is really successful, so of course, if we do that, we'll be successful. That's not necessarily the case.
0: No, and what is that culture like generally? I know you got the beard and stuff. You know, Timmy at the Tim at the bar surprised everybody when he cut his beard off. It's true. It's they true. I didn't know who he Surprise. was. So I was like, who is that guy with that nap beard?
1: All surprises aren't good surprises. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, you know, Dem uh, decided he he wanted to be more than his beard or whatever. However, <laughs> how, however he says it, and now we're, it is what it is. We all, you know, we have a look at the bar certainly. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think it's an older time. You know, we, we just, we like older, you know, we're experiencing older music and, you know, getting into jazz and bluegrass and, you know, dressing nicer. And it's all just kind of part of a culture. Uh, every time I go to these bourbon things, everybody dresses real sharp and nice. And it's not like, you know, 20 years ago, if you went to an event, men didn't really dress up. You know, I was guilty of it. Wearing a baseball cap backwards.
0: And none of that anymore. No, no, thank you, sir.
1: No, ma'am. No, I'm not a 12 year old. Like
0: that's what you told me. You said, I don't have a baseball cap on because I'm not 12 and I don't play baseball. Yeah, I don't play <laughs> baseball. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the, I like the guys who wear their hats backwards and their sunglasses on their heads, and then they put their hand over their face to block the sun out of their eyes. <laughs> you had you had two stop gaps for that sun not to be in your eyes. You know, like we you know, it just a different time. You know, I we dressed like a grown up when we switched over to bourbon. It was a slow. You got to pull the band aid off, especially when you were a local bar. And, mm-hmm. You know, we you know you're going to don't want to run people off, but because you, wanna... you
0: weren't really a dive, you're more so like a just a was it wasn't
1: was it was kind of a downtown hangout bar. Yeah, it was a hangout.
0: It wasn't really a dive. Yeah. It was more like a... it was just.
1: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't disgusting, but I mean, it probably was. It's not anything like it is today. When, you know, when we switched over, we pulled that Band-Aid off, and then you know, one day I was finally like, I started doing these events and started wearing a vest and dressing a little bit nicer in these events, and I thought, well, I'm, I would I dress like maybe on a Friday night at the bar, and I thought, you know, you felt better. People treated you with more respect. I decided to make it a rule. First, you know, Jared wasn't tickled about it. Didn't want to change, and he did though. And his money jumped like those shifts jumped like three hundred dollars, and never oh, wow. ne- never looked back. You know, you know, it's like when I had long hair. I go to send you know convenience store every single day, and they weren't very friendly. Cut, cut my hair off the next day. I went in, the first thing I said was hello, sir.
0: Oh wow. It's like oh wow,
1: that's a weird. You don't see things all the way, but it's you know it's, you project how you want people to treat you at the mm-hmm. end of the day. If you dress like a teenager, people might treat you like a teenager. But if you dress like a grown professional they will treat you like a grown professional. Yeah, I'll treat you
0: like a grown-ass man if you dress like a grown-ass man, right? It's a true
1: story. So I, we found that's how, you know, it's worked for us.
0: So you grew up around here, right?
1: Yeah, I grew up in West Carrollton. It's different, you know, it's probably different West Carrollton than it is today. We all we all played sport. We went to, I went to all, you know, I've ex- I've enjoyed every step of life. I went to every sporting event, every dance, every, you know, I played sports in high school. I had a great time and I, I enjoyed every step of college you know? so were you,
0: were you a cool kid or were you kind of like a dork or you, you, know, a rock kid? you know,
1: when you look back on it I don't know I knew I had had real good friends uh and who I don't know you know I was just probably a normal kid I played soccer that's probably my identity is I like to I played soccer and volleyball and, and uh, hung athlete. out with my buddies and did, did my thing you know
0: now one th- one thing somebody wanted me to ask you though um about about t- about the wiener section that you have.
1: The wiener. I have wiener dogs. that's what you mean. (laughs) Yes. I have wiener dogs. Yes, ma'am.
0: So tell me about your wiener dogs.
1: That's really my wife's thing. Uh, We had a big lab, and then we were going to be a two-dog family, and we got a wiener dog because that's what she always had as a kid. But we got the biggest of the litter because we had this 150-pound lab, and the the wiener dog would lay on top of on our backyard on the hill. He he would lay on top of the uh, big lab's back and uh it was funny you know everybody take pictures of him out and when the lab died he was older you know it got to a point where the wiener dogs are pretty selfish little animals (laughs) and it was i told my wife was like we either get another dog or he lives as an only dog Uh because he's real comfortable with all the attention so i decided
0: real
1: fat yeah yeah, he's not fat our friends call him the phd the uh, permanence enhanced Dotson. he looks (laughs) like he's all muscled up he's a big boy but then i was like his little black Dotson so I wanted to get one. So I'm a big Waylon Jennings fans. He always wore black. So I got a little black wiener dog named oh, Waylon. that's funny. Yeah, so we're a two wiener dog family now, apparently.
0: See, that's hilarious, too, because I couldn't imagine you with these little bitty dogs. And like, they got
1: big personalities, though. <laughs> they, they don't know They're little. Yeah, they think they're real mean and, and people are afraid of them. They're not. They're mostly annoying, but it is what it is. We love them.
0: Yeah, you got to. You guys are doing this whole new speakeasy thing, right? Tell people about the speakeasy.
1: Uh speakeasy. Uh, yeah, this is just an extension upon our our, our century brand. Uh, what we want to do is, you know, not in honor of the... Uh, Things have happened in Dayton. We wanted to do, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel. There's mm-hmm. speakeasies in all major cities. I'm sure there's some in Ohio, up north, I'm sure. Uh, but we don't have them here in Dayton. So that's kind of our angle on it. You know, our century vibes, kind of old-timey. So we wanted to carry that through into a cocktail experience. So you'll walk into a candy store, uh, which will probably be a false front. We don't haven't decided if we're going to sell candy or it will just merely be a gift shop. Like, I can't wait for that to be a decision. Like, that'll mean there's all kinds of other crap that's out of the way. But you'll go into this candy store. We'll ask you to turn yourself on. Was, was
0: the whole project going to called?
1: On. it's gonna be called caddy's candies for spirited treats mm-hmm. a little nod to the alcohol so when you go in <laughs> we'll ask you to turn your cell phones off uh no texting no photographs if you it's 2017 and if you're you know if your phone vibrates we just ask that you go outside and take the phone call because we want the experience to be about the experience and not about the phones and you know there'll never be any photographs taken of the oh, interior wow. we want it to you know we want it to be an experience so when you're gonna go into a velvet uh, curtained off area black and then when the stand- candy wall closes, they'll pull the drapes, and then you'll be in a 1920s-inspired cocktail lounge. So, we're you know, we decided at first we were going to kind of go rule with it, and then, you know, just other places opened, and they kind of did the repurposed barwood. And we totally understand why because it's a great idea and it, it looks cool. But uh, given that, we just kind of thought, let's not be like everybody else. Let's go the other direction. So we're going to go overly ornate and, like, Gatsby, like, over the top. Like, let's just make it swanky. It would be very small tables. We want it to be very intimate. You, know, you don't need a big table for four glasses at the right. end of the day. So we want it to be small, just places to put your drink. We want it to be a place where you can get dressed like a grown person and go have an evening. And it's gonna, and you know, we're creative people at the end of the day. And it looks like we're just into whiskey, but we have other interests. So going next door, you know, Kelly Nowinski, who works for us, she's gonna go next door and be the manager at Keddy's. and that's gonna free us up to have some more creativity. We're you know, once a month, we may do Havana Nights, where we only do rum cocktails from the 1920s. You know, maybe we'll have some fun and not take ourselves so seriously. Maybe one night we'll do tiki night and we'll encourage you to wear Hawaiian shirts and we'll do like that whole tiki culture of the fifties and do tiki cocktails. And, you know, we're going to do a bourbon academy. Oh, the, wow. The, that's cool. Because we know we just don't have that room in the century. So next door on like Mondays and Tuesday, like Monday nights, we might do a bourbon academy next door or something like, I don't know what we will call it. And then we'll do like a cocktail academy where we do cocktail classes. And, and then we'll be able to run ourselves out during the holidays for Christmas parties and we want to work with the Schuster. Friend. I know they always have those after parties, and there's, who has that much space they can right. save on a Saturday night? Well, we like to think we'll have that space we'll be able to save for them. and So it's are just going to free us up to do way more things and just be another positive peg in the growth of downtown and the fire, Firebox District.
0: So what do you see for um, downtown anyhow? What do you, what do you think Man, is something that's going Man, it's a fun time downtown.
1: You know, Dayton's we're just a little slow compared to the rest of the world. Uh, you see this in all the other cities I go to. I'm in Louisville a lot. Empty nesters, you know. People don't want to cut the grass. There the kids are grown the kids don't come home they're moving to downtown you know there's a great community I mean you know you're certainly a part of that downtown community of people and you know you guys go to all the tastings and openings and you know you guys are you know do a great job in supporting downtown I just see nothing but growth and I think downtown becomes the it place to live and be you know there's new restaurants going in new bars new breweries I mean, it's, just, it's you know the Levitt project it's just all positive you know it's, everything's moving in the right direction in downtown for a first time in a long time
0: Well, hey, Joe. Thanks a lot for coming in here, buddy. No problem. had a good time. Enjoy talking to you always. It's always fun chatting with you. All right. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. So if you like what you're listening to, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a cool story idea, get in touch with me. I'm all over Facebook. So thanks a lot for finding the What Had Happened Was podcast. It is a production of Dayton.com in association with WHIO Radio.